0: in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: inside, inside access with Jason lock on Fora and ken wyman sponsored by stevenson university online your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has stevenson university's online commitment to you visit online.stevenson.edu The Fan.
2: Charm City is hot right now. The Ravens losing Cleveland 13-3 to this past Saturday. They play the Falcons at home this coming Saturday. Let's head out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline. Our friend Mark Viviano, WJZ Channel 13. Sports director joins us now. And Mark, good, good afternoon. Thanks as always for joining us. I think that's the first time I ever called you Mark. But uh, <laughs> let's start with this. Uh, the Ravens, uh, w- make sense of it for me. How are you feeling about that performance?
3: Well, it was a it was a bad game for the Ravens for sure, uh, and I think it unfortunately it kind of falls right in line with what they've been doing since their bye week. It's just that this one was a loss, as was the Jacksonville game. I probably sound repetitive because I've been saying the same thing since early October. This team's going to win eleven games. They're going to go to the playoffs and they will be judged by their ability or inability to beat Kansas City, Buffalo, and or Cincinnati in January. That's really the standard here. The, the Lions and the Jets, if they make the playoffs, they're going to have a parade. The Ravens have a generational quarterback talent, and they are built to be a postseason team they have to be a proven postseason winner, which they haven't yet proven. And each week, and I'll just take the last five games since the bye when it was a run of Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland, and go ahead and add Atlanta to it. Those are are poor opponents in their current states, all of them. Look at all of them that have lost or changed quarterbacks, Fired coaches. I mean, those are those. If you're the Ravens, those should all be games you win. Well, they've lost two of them, and the ones they've won, they haven't looked good doing it. And in their post-game analysis, and, and this, I get. And I've covered the league for 30 years. For the guys in uniform and for the coaching staff, you just want to win. And winning games is hard. I get that. And and they admit that their wins have been ugly or gritty, and that's fine, and that's good. But when you pull out and take a big picture of it, it gets back to my my original thought. Can you win games like this in January? And that really is the reason for the angst that is out there, because I don't think there's a bit of confidence that this team, as currently constructed, can do it. Now, if they get Lamar Jackson back, and they've got J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards at full strength, and they've got a good offensive line, which they have right now, and an ascending defense, could you grind out a couple wins in the postseason? Possibly. But I think what happens is when you see teams hanging up 30 points and quarterbacks throwing for 300 yards, you pull back and question how possible that's going to be for this Ravens team. It's a fair concern. You just want the chance, but I get the feeling that the fan base is like, I don't even like our chances if we get that.
1: Viv, I wanted to get your thoughts on Greg Roman's play calling. Just one rush attempt in the fourth quarter, and that was the second play of the fourth quarter. And John Harbaugh seen his quotes saying, oh, you're down two scores. Could you have run it? Sure, but you don't want the clock to run. And then on that drive he was talking about, you're throwing it to James Prochet on fourth down. He only played three snaps in the game. I, what did you think of the play calling yesterday?
3: Yeah, Harbaugh did say today that, you know, if you run the ball, the clock keeps running. You're down two scores. you got to start throwing. Um, maybe if you're playing Kansas City, but when you're playing the Browns and they proved how inept they are by missing their two field goals, you do what best moves the football for you and deal with the clock as it becomes an issue. But it's not an issue when there's 12 minutes left in the game, in my opinion. It's not enough of an issue to abandon the only thing you have going for you. I agree with that. I agree with that criticism of it. And we can criticize Greg Roman, but if John Harbaugh disagreed with this, he would have he would have said something, right? He would have said something on so. the spot. He would have said, stop throwing the football. Let's go. We're, we're, we can run against these guys. Let's do it. He didn't. He went along with it. So as much as it is a criticism and a fair one of Greg Roman, well, John's still the head coach and if, if he agreed with it, he must have because that's what they did and he's the head coach. So no, I think that's fair game. Especially when you're playing the Cleveland Browns. Come on. That I mean, you're not playing Buffalo, you're not playing Kansas City, you're not you know you're not if Joe Burrow or or Pat Mahomes or if a capable quarterback is coming onto the field with time left in the game, then you get got a problem because you need the football to score. But it's the Browns. And I would have said that's a perfect case where just keep doing your what works for you, which is running the football. And they didn't. And they only scored three points.
4: Weird one with the kicker, huh? I mean, I guess it's really not your day when we're talking about Justin Tucker as being um, part of the problem and not the solution.
3: You know what's interesting too? In the aftermath of that game, um, the greatest kicker in the in obviously franchise history, if not NFL history, and the one guy on offense who has been their shining star with two consecutive 100-yard rushing games, both of those guys like shouldered the blame, um, which is probably more a reflection on their character than it is of any truth to them being culpable. Um, I'm at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to be joining us here tonight to talk about some things. And he's a guy who uh, certainly has had two outstanding games on the road, in the division, over 100 yards. Um, But he was saying after the game, you know, if if he had his full speed, you know, he'd have touchdowns instead of just red zone uh, approaches. And, you know, that's big of him to say that. He's not the problem. Justin Tucker's not the problem, but it does, you know, raise an eyebrow when Justin Tucker misses from forty-eight yards because he's automatic, uh, or when they get one block. So, yeah, when when things go bad, uh, in this case, in this game, it all went bad.
2: Viv, let the people know what's going on at WJZ Channel Thirteen.
3: Come on out to Jimmy's. Uh, Seven o'clock is when JK joins us along with Tori Smith. Uh, we'll get into. Uh, some details about you know how his season has progressed at this point, how he's you know, suddenly become probably the most effective force on this offense right now. Uh, we'll get into some of that. And, of course, we've got another Saturday game, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we, uh, we roll with it. And, um, you know, if I don't talk to you guys for another week, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to all.
2: Yes, sir. Same to you, sir. You and your... Thank you, sir. Thank you, happy as always, holidays. for your time.
3: Yeah, fellas.
2: Be well. Coming up next here on the program, remember everything was bad in Cleveland, but we gotta point a finger at the coaching. They they're, they're a bad day for the coaches on Saturday. We will recap their evening next here on the fan.
4: Inside access with Jason One hundred
2: One oh five seven affairs. Baltimore's home for sports.
3: We had I think we had we were down by ten at the ball, at maybe 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Was it that we were opposed to running the ball, but when you run the ball, the clock runs, you know, and we were looking at how many possessions we were gonna get, called more passes. You know, I know we didn't we didn't run the ball in the fourth quarter, once we got after 11 minutes. So you look back at that real hard and you say, yeah, we couldn't run it. We were, we were hitting them with some good runs and maybe we would've popped a few runs because we were doing well. By the same token, you're down two scores and it's gonna be two possessions probably have a chance to get it back. You know, 11 minutes to maybe eight minutes where we could have done some runs at that point. Uh, and we talked about that.
2: That was John Harbaugh from his press conference less than an hour ago talking about why they didn't run the ball in the fourth quarter. And T-Bone, we were talking about this off the air. They were averaging more yards per play running the ball than passing the ball.
1: Yes, J.K. Dobbins, 9.6 yards per carry. His final run was that 37-yarder at the end of the third quarter. Gus Edwards, 7 carries, 55 yards, 7.9 yards per carry. He had the lone carry in the fourth quarter. And Tyler Huntley averaging 4.6 yards per attempt. So you're having better rushing success. You're not pushing the ball downfield. So when you're getting these four or five-yard uh, passes underneath,
4: those are rush attempts right there, Jason. Yeah, I just think at some point in time, J.K. Dobbins is a factor in this. Pa- I mean, this passing game is so broken. Mm-hmm. There's so little pulse there's no verve. There's no flair. There's nothing. There's nothing. How are you not getting him out into space in a wheel route and letting him catch a football and see what he can do afterwards, especially like in the red zone? Would you rather him or James in crochet. traffic or Prochet or, or Deshaun Jackson?
2: I'll take him. I'll take him. And, and this leads us to what was not a good night for the coaching staff, Jason.
4: No, I mean, we've been talking about it through the show. And 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 look, this is not to take everybody off the hook who, you know, had a mistake or a hand in this in this defeat, but the red zone play calling and personnel was baffling. Um the decision not to take that early field goal left me puzzled. Um Kyle Hamilton against receivers in the slot. I, I mean, if you want to see him continue to get beat, keep doing it but if you if you get yourself in a situation where they're spreading you out with three or more receivers and he's on the field in the slot I got news for you it's probably a matchup he can't win um we saw another instance where on a day the defense was much more good than bad you get into sort of a 4 minute situation and all of a sudden the other team starts moving the ball no seen that seen that story before um yeah it it just wasn't good enough. And ultimately, for me, a delay a game coming out of a timeout, me. barely getting a ball snapped on a fourth and four, and then having that the desired target be James Prochet like that comes down to design and script and management of the game. And that falls on the coaches. This offense is not good enough to overcome
1: poor coaching and poor play calling, especially with Tyler Huntley, a quarterback. When James Prochet on a money down, that fourth and four, who's playing his third snap of the game, that's who is the main guy there, that's unacceptable. And Harbaugh referenced the drive with 11 minutes to go, and the three plays uh, leading up to that James Prochet fourth down, second and four, incomplete, third and four, incomplete, and then the Prochet play. Why are you not running the football once Mm. in that sequence where... Based on the averages, you're going to pick it up. It, it, it baffles me that sequence. I, I'm baffled by the whole thing because
2: it's just strictly numbers. They move the ball better running the ball than throwing the ball, and you can tell me that throwing the ball, you're you're running, moves the clock and throwing. It out. When you throw four yard passes in bounds, the clock's going to run. It's a it's a better, it's math, like. Dobbins and Edwards are getting you more yards than your passing game. Now that doesn't make sense, but it it's the way this offense works.
1: And Viv mentioned this as well, where you're going against a struggling Browns offense, a struggling Deshaun Watson. This isn't a shootout game where you really every single second is is precious and you score a touchdown there, you have a shot by not running the football and doing what you've been doing most effectively offensively in this football game is just negligence
4: again it took a village to to blow this and they <laughs> yes, they did. got they got contributions there were plenty <laughs> of people raising their hands to contribute to this cluster you know what
2: <laughs> it's Inside Access here on a uh, very angry Monday. Coming up next year on the program, Jonas Schaefer was just at John Harbaugh's Monday press conference. He was in Cleveland for the game Saturday. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw and what he heard. Jonas Schaefer joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access
1: on Jason, Ken, and the third member. I'm Tim Barbelace. It's inside access. Oh, he's terrible. He's a hack. 1057, The Fan.
4: Cruising down the Ab with my homeboy Boo. laying back like Jack. Melo.
2: Ravens lose 13 3 Saturday night. They play Atlanta this Saturday, MT Bank Stadium, Christmas Eve. Jonas Schaefer covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun, and he was just at John Harbaugh's Monday press conference, so let's go out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline now and talk to Jonas. And Jonas, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. So uh, I'll start with today first. What did you think? Because I saw you tweeted out. Harbaugh's explanation about not running the ball in the fourth quarter.
5: Uh, I guess it sounds good in theory if this passing game were a normal passing game, mm. but Tyler Huntley was four for 10 for I think like 21 yards or something like that in the fourth quarter it was 2.8 yards per attempt basically that's what it worked out to be and obviously we have the hindsight of bias but still even if you double that production on a yards per attempt basis it is less than what a average run carry would be and you know I I'm I'm critical of the Ravens play calling in the fourth quarter, less so of the first three quarters because I think it's easy for fans to look at the yards per carry metric and say, Well, that means that every second down is gonna be like second and three, when in fact sometimes you'll have a thirty four yard run sandwiched between, you know, two uh, two run plays that are that go for negative yards and you know, that's just how math works, guys. But um <laughs> obviously not a wholly convincing explanation and certainly um, I mean the part that I wrote about for my game story was just that stretch where they go second and four, third and four, fourth and four. All passes, all unsuc- un- unsuccessful when you have a running game that's humming and a Browns game, a, a Browns defense that-, that wants nothing less than to stop the run. So, um, you know, it's going to be a face the music kind of week for, Rick- for Greg Roman when he-, when he gets up there on Wednesday.
1: And John Harbaugh mentioned post game and today the passing game, nowhere near where they want it to be. They're going to get back into the lap even when lamar jackson comes back jonas i mean what confidence level do you have in this passing offense to not even be good just like efficient mediocre
5: i think he's definitely going to raise the floor i mean obviously that's a kind of well duh thing but you know i mentioned this the other day i think when i was talking to cordell the some of the things that the ravens you expect the Ravens to do well in their passing game. The easy buttons that they can hit, that they have hit under Greg Roman. They are just not doing well right now. You know, Lamar's like EPA per play on play action passes this year is like 0.13, which is pretty solid. Tyler Huntley's (laughs) like 0.69 because he's thrown two interceptions on play action passes, but the passes he has completed haven't been good. So when you're talking about the most, effective play in pretty much any coordinator's playbook not going well. And you marry that to the fact that the Ravens, you know, for most of those, you know, dropbacks have been running teams over, it is very worrisome. And I think it's probably who just hasn't had the kind of flair, the kind of confidence, the kind of accuracy that he did last year. So obviously there is only so much that can be done with this receiving core. There's only so much that can be done with a coordinator who, you know, rather than having three or four wide receivers, would send out two tight ends on a third long situation. But, you know, with the way this running game is humming and maybe you get a game out of the defense, and special teams are going to be solid. Maybe that's enough to cobble together some points and be a good team. But obviously we don't know what Lamar is going to look like when he comes practice, which is hopefully this week.
4: <sighs> Jonas. What's going on with Mark Andrews? Do you think it's him being beat up? Do you think it's um, obviously the the quality of service, right, with a backup quarterback and the fact that there's nobody else you would even think could really beat you downfield right now?
5: It's tough to say because, you know, I think there are a couple throws that if Tyler Huntley sees – Mark Andrews on or connects with him on. Mm-hmm. Maybe this narrative has been, would have been dispelled a little bit. I mean, obviously I was looking back at the the film from the previous two games, not the one on Saturday, but the, the, the two prior to that. And, and he was wide open, I think against Pittsburgh, uh, you know, in the red zone, just him and Marcus Robinson and Huntley and said scrambles and doesn't do anything successfully. But I think the red flag to consider with all this, um, you know, he's still getting open, but it was like 65% zone dropbacks for Tyler Huntley, which means that for the most part, you know, he's not getting yeah. pressed up against, you know, he should be able to rely on his football IQ to find the soft spots and zones. Obviously, you can do a lot uh, after the snap to kind of shade coverages and, and, and be creative with how you, you know, have your linebackers dropping, your safeties uh, paying attention to him, but... Uh, For whatever reason, Tyler Huntley couldn't see him or Mark Andrews didn't have that connection with him. And that's, I think, very, very interesting because when Lamar Jackson went out last year, Mark Andrews was even better with Tyler Huntley than he was with Lamar Jackson. He was a friggin' superhuman with Tyler Huntley. And right now, he's just looking like, you know, a top 15 tight end as opposed to a top five tight end. So uh, you hope that, you know, maybe with some... I don't know. Practice management. Maybe he's you know a guy. He's, he's a guy who's always falls to the wall in practice. Maybe you give him a day off here or there and get him uh, back to you know ship shape. But he's the guy who puts his body through a lot. And uh, you know we've seen him uh, kind of slow down at times in the postseason. So you know I, I hopefully the have learned whatever lessons there are to learn and he can be uh, he can bounce back for these
2: next couple of weeks. Talking to Jonas Schaefer uh, It's Inside Access here on the fence. Jonas, I, I know you alluded to Row earlier. But and and I know that Harbaugh was asked about him today, and he said, "I don't want to talk about any coaching or play calling changes." But I, I almost feel like, and we've been talking about it on the show, that whatever this is, it's kind of run its course, and I'm not expecting him to to change play callers midseason because what is, is it going to do? But I I can't imagine he's he's going to be back though. I say that knowing that we thought Marty was going to be fired like four different times, and he kept bringing Marty Warning Warning back.
5: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, the the thing that is just—I you know, don't want to say tragic—about all this because it's, we're talking about football, and we're talking about you know, again, an offense that has tailed off um, since the highs of 2019. Was you look at what this offense was when it had Rashad Bateman, and you just go back and do the math of wow, this offense was this prolific against. South Gardner and DJ Reed and a even healthier Jets defense, and this this offense was extremely productive against a Patriots defense that we now know is very legit. And you know it was productive enough with a kind of limited Rashad Bateman against Buffalo. And you wonder just how much better this offense would be if it had the healthy offensive line that it does right now, if it has the running backs it does right now, if Lamar were healthy, and oh yeah, Rashad Bateman were still wide receiver number one. But at a certain point you know you have to have an offense that's capable of sustaining itself even when your number one wide receiver is out and it just it, it, i think it indicts not the offense that devin duvernay has gone from being a like top 40 wide receiver in terms of yards per route run to maybe outside the top 200 you know the last time mm-hmm. i checked a couple of weeks ago i don't think his production the last couple of weeks has changed all that much so um it, it, it's it's definitely something you have to consider and I agree with you, Ken. I mean, I, I like Giro a lot as a person and as a play caller and just the kind of cool, innovative stuff that he does. But at a certain point, you have to kind of read the room and, and look at what's out there and maybe the grass is greener.
4: Jonas, uh, the Indianapolis Colts and Houston Texans each have three wide receivers with more receiving yards than any Ravens wide receiver. <laughs> just, just putting that out there.
5: Well, uh, Jason, I, I'm sure this doesn't – shock you, but I think I alluded to this earlier. You know, I was just kind of goofing around on True Media mm-hmm. the other day. Uh, the Ravens lead the NFL in third and long dropbacks with 12 personnel. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, you know, not Patrick Ricard, who's obviously can be a six blocker. Sure. They're, they're, number, they're number one with 29. Uh, the, I think it's the Broncos are second. Do you want to guess how many they have? Five? Twelve. <laughs> So the Ravens are more yeah. than double the next yeah. person Pushing in terms three of times. throwing out two tight ends on third yeah. end situations, which I think is pretty pretty enlightening.
1: <sighs> Jonas, I want to get to the defensive <laughs> side of the football. Kyle Hamilton. It seemed like he was really turning the corner a few weeks ago, but Saturday and then the week before against Pittsburgh, it seemed like he was really getting picked on in coverage in the slide. Do you expect Mike McDonald to maybe tweak his role to avoid you know man on man?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much man-to-man man, the Ravens were playing on uh, on Saturday. Um, I, I think the thing we have to keep in mind is he is coming back from that knee injury. You know, you can be healthy enough to practice, healthy enough to play, and still not feel totally confident in, you know, exploding off that knee or, or changing directions off that knee. I mean, I think the interesting thing that I saw from Kyle on Saturday was the kind of worrisome thing that the Ravens did last year with Patrick Queen where they're like, all right, we trust this guy so little in coverage on this particular sequence against this particular guy that rather than take our chances with him in coverage, we're just going to send him as a blitzer. I, I, I probably, you know, this is just, you know, knack and math, but I would have reckoned that he probably rushed the passer more times better than he has in any mm-hmm. game this year. Um, and, you know, he's a good pass rusher, so why, you know, like Patrick Payne, that's not a, a mark against him. If you want to make use of his talents, that's one way to do it. But uh, considering, the guys in the slot that he would have to face in, in these coming weeks, um, you know, the, the Ravens are going to need better production there, because I think Marlon Humphrey, despite what happened against Pittsburgh and Marcus Peters, if and when he's healthy, have you know, pretty much held up their end of the bargain for the second half of the season.
2: Jonas Schaefer covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. Jonas, great as always, man. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, See buddy. You. Coming up next,
1: T-Bone time. It's TMI with T-I-M and what you got? Best bets time. I had been, not a heater, but a couple two-in-one weeks back-to-back. It, it wasn't pretty for me, we'll find out yours. And, of course, Stony Baloney's best bets as well on Inside Access. Next. Ride the pony.
4: Inside Access
1: on the fan takes from the guy behind
2: the glass.
1: I'm in a glass case of emotion.
2: TMI with T-I-M.
1: TMI. TMI, my friends.
2: Inside Access. 105.7 The Fan. It's T-Bone time. TMI with
1: T-I-M. What you got? Not my best week, fellas. This was not my best work. I was over. It happens, man. It does. It it hasn't happened for a while. I I had the Bills minus seven in a very entertaining football game. We we didn't get the blizzard that we wanted to in the fourth quarter. You started to see the snow accumulation. Then it was funny when they lined up for the game-winning kick um, uh, with Tyler Bass and they're clearing the snow, the uh, lineman there. Buffalo won that one 32-29. One of the craziest games you will ever see. I had Vikings minus three and a half, which looked terrible early. When it was yeah. the Colts 33 to nothing, we were at the Green Turtle and Arundel Mills. Yeah. And of shaking course, our heads. that was in the background, as well as the world's strongest man. Oh, that so was great. A lot of
4: Jeez. a lot of riveting TV there. You guys were really, how world's, did you
1: concentrate? Well, Your world's strongest a bunch of bunch man is No, it was. It's great television. It was insane. And, and shout out to the Green Turtle staff and Arundel Mills. They treated us awesome, got us yeah. donuts, coffee. Yeah. Our waitress was fantastic. April. 39-36. You like that. Chuck was there just talking up
2: oh,
4: Kirk Cousins. Oh, his guy. Oh, oh, he's yeah. a
1: Cousins it was, truther. It was yeah. Yeah. Pretends Nauseity. not to be. Totally it, is. Oh.
2: He will constantly tell you that <laughs> yeah. Kirk Cousins top 10 quarterback. It was, yeah.
1: it was nauseating. And the Eagles minus nine. So just an ugly football game there. Jalen Hurts turning over. But A.J. Brown, I did bet his over. Oh, he destroyed uh, that. Uh, yes, he did. I believe it he was. He went like, over a buck fifty, yeah. dude. It was like sixty four. Like yeah. it was. Uh, that was an. Eight. He had a sixty eight yard catch, so he crushed the over in that one catch alone. So oh for three. Ken, what did you have? Uh, I did a little better than you, but not much.
2: <laughs> I had. I like you had the Bills minus seven against the Dolphins. I had the Patriots plus one at the Raiders, where the <laughs> dumbest yeah. the dumbest play in the history of football happened. And the Raiders won that game outright. That and was insane, man. Unbelievable. I had the Lions minus one and a half against the Jets, so they covered. I went one and two. Did I think, think the kneecap biters
1: are going to do it. They're they're legit. I think they're going to make the
2: prize. I think my brother's taking my nephew to the game in Carolina this weekend because my nephew, as is you know, is fan, big no, Lions it's, fan.
4: It's pretty wild, man. Um, like you guys, I was on the Bills. Not That didn't work out. Um, Ravens and... Browns under. that. Oh, that was easy. That was way under. That won me some money. Yeah. And, me too. Uh, I was also on the Lions and said, take them on the money line. You don't need the points. They'll win outright. And they did. So That's two and one, one for me. Stony The balloon. We'll start out with the ugly.
1: I had the Cowboys minus four. Ooh. Which they had you a 17-point lead yeah. with like five <laughs> minutes left in the third. I was feeling Trevor it. Trevor
4: Lawrence had them right where he wanted them. Yeah.
1: Just after the Ravens. Yeah. And then that just debacle. And then the pick six in overtime but now we'll get back to the good I had Bengals minus three and a half which the other way it looked awful for the yeah. first half and then they obviously came back and domination blew them out and then I had like Ken and Jason the Lions minus one and a half which I believe that game time was Lions plus one because yeah. that's what I bet it at yeah I think it was so Stoney the
4: Balone two and one what can I say those heady days of 0-14 and, yeah. uh, and 19 or whatever feel like a long time ago. You know how Stone You're getting be. the hang of this, Stone. You know
1: how i be. You yeah. don't know how he be. The balloon we, on we fire. Do. Bold predictions. Ken, didn't you hit one?
2: Uh, let's see. Uh, Ravens will dominate special teams. That didn't happen.
0: <laughs> that was the opposite. Uh,
2: Najoku Enzo, no. Tyler Huntley under 20 pass attempts. Thanks, g That didn't happen. Uh, Nick Chubb under 50 yards, No. Ew. Robinson and Edwards combined for 160 yards, rushing butt, and a touchdown. So I got half of half. that. Uh, and then Ravens defense forces three turnovers, one return for a TD. Yeah. That didn't
4: happen. No. Yeah, no, I didn't have much uh, either. Garrett, three sacks. I think he got close. He got one and a half. Uh, Tucker, four field goals. He should have had four field goals. Yes, attempts. He Huntley, two turnovers. Uh, Watson, two interceptions and a fumble. Not so much. Dobbins, 100 yard rushing, 50 yards receiving. Only missed by 47 on the receiving side because, you know, they'd have to actually spill him out wide and throw him the ball. Donovan Peoples Jones is the leading wide receiver in the game. Amari Cooper beat him out. He did have more than any Ravens wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He did. And he had the only touchdown in the game. He did.
2: After that was post uh, post the, the face mask, Justin Houston, which could have ended the drive. Hey, coming up next, Bobby D. We've talked about this game. What did the film say? Bobby DePaul will tell us next
0: here on The Fan. Inside Inside. Access. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,